Welcome to Homeschool Your Way, the upbeat, open-minded podcast that informs and affirms your choices about your kids' education. We'll provide a buffet of ideas to inspire you to homeschool your way, because your way is the best way. All of the content on the Homeschool Your Way podcast is provided for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical or legal advice. The views expressed by the hosts or guests of the show are not necessarily endorsed by Bookshark. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Homeschool Your Way. We're your hosts, Didi and Jimena, also known as the Chips and Salsa Ladies from Chips and Salsa Homeschooling. We have a really great show for you guys today. We're going to discuss... The benefits of implementing chores for your children in your household. And we're going to give you some practical tips on how to do this. But before we do that, we're going to have our hack of the week from Miss Jimena. Yes. Well, this goes right in line with what we're going to talk about today. And, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard it before. Um, Chips and Salsa Homeschooling has a Spotify account. And in it, we have some playlists and other things that we, you know, teach our kids. But it was really born out of this, like implementing a chore system that would work. And we're all music lovers in my family, and I know in your family. And so I wanted to create a playlist that served as a timer. So that's my hack, is use music to get everybody motivated in the morning. Um, you know, I did a whole presentation about why this works, because it's not only um, just, it does, it's not just something about music, it's, it's brain science actually um, serves as a trigger, the music serves as a trigger to tell your brain, hey, it's time to start your chore morning routine. And once it's been established, it's easy to just get it going. And so we've been doing this for years and it has worked more than it hasn't. I mean, we'll talk about the challenges mm-hmm. later, but really um, it's been really fun because it evolved from, you know, just doing a fun little playlist to like, themed playlists you know Mm. so we have like a star wars one we have christmas one we have a an easter one we have and then we go by artists like we have a beatles one and michael jackson and frank sinatra and all that stuff and you can find all those on our spotify but um it also serves as music appreciation and so it's pretty cool it's awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Jimena, for sharing. And, you know, I don't take advantage of the chore, you know, playlist like I should. So I thank you for that <laughs> reminder. I'm going to get myself back on that. Well, if you have a hack that you'd like to share with us, please visit us at bookshark.com slash podcast. We'd love to feature your hack on a future episode. Well, when I was doing research for this topic, um, I found so much information about the benefits of chores. And I took most of it from Dr. Megan Owens's book. So if you haven't heard our episode with Dr. Megan Owens and her husband, also known as Screen-Free Parents or Screen-Free Mom and Dad, um, you need to check that episode out. Um, It's called Screen Time Tactics um, because... She's just got a wealth of information. In this book called Spoiled Right, she goes into detail about the benefits of certain things that you can implement in your home that's actually going to really help their development. Um, And so we really invite you to check out that episode so you can hear more about the SPOILED system. It's actually an acronym. I don't quite remember what it all stands for, but she explains it on the episode, and I remember it being amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was. That is one of my favorite episodes. 
So she has a whole section um, in this book on the benefits of chores and work for teens and for kids. And so I want to quote from her book a little bit. Um, I did study psychology in high school, so this brought me back because I did study Eric Erickson. So it goes like this. Eric Erickson, the famous development psychologist, theorized that we go through eight stages or crises of a psychosocial nature. These are eight times when our individual psychological needs meet the needs of our society. During each stage, if our developmental needs are met, we succeed. And the result is a positive personality trait. If not, we remain stuck and develop a negative personality trait. Three of those stages occur between ages 2 and 12, and they have to do with independence and accomplishment. Children need to be able to complete tasks independently to develop a sense of self-motivation, purpose, and competency. From the time children are 18 months to 3 years old, they are focused on developing a sense of autonomy. I mean, do you remember this with your toddlers? Mm-hmm. They always want to do everything themselves. Yes. No, I do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is the stage when children want to do everything by themselves, and Erickson suggests that we set up the environment and our own mindset to allow this to happen, which is hard, right? Yeah. Especially when, like, feeding them. I remember I used to just let my son, I would just take off all his clothes and be like, okay, go ahead, eat your guacamole, your beans, <laughs> and he'd get it all over his hair and stuff. Yes. And, um, you know, I just, it would drive some people crazy, but I, I remember just thinking, well, this is going to be good for me and for him in the future. It means independence. Yes. Parents uh, should allow a child to attempt to dress themselves, feed themselves, and walk upstairs themselves. If the society surrounding the child allows a child this independence, they will feel a sense of will and autonomy. If not, they will feel doubtful about their capabilities. This theory is why many parenting experts will suggest the implementation of household chores. Children are motivated to do them at this age, even if they are terrible at them. So it is a great time to start that habit. Isn't that good? That's so good. And, I mean, yeah, definitely taking you back to when the kids were little. And it's so much easier to just do stuff yourself. Oh, yeah. Keep things clean and to just get it done faster. But we rob the kids of the growth and the benefits of doing it for themselves. I mean, especially knowing that there's like a a psychological theory behind it that's actually going to impact who they become as future adults. Yeah, that's pretty deep. Yeah. Well, also quoting from Megan's book, Maria Montessori, whose work has led the Montessori education philosophy, also believes in children's desire for work. I love how work is in quotes there. (laughs) Maria Montessori was the first Italian woman to become a doctor. She believed that children were born capable and with great potential, which meant that they required respect and stimulation during the first few years of life. Montessori created an educational environment that allowed and encouraged children to care for themselves, each other, their environment, and their own learning. Yes, Montessori, it really is beautiful. We have a whole episode about the Montessori method where we interview Jessica May and dive deeper into that whole system. But it's really beautiful. I know. I love it. Well, here's the problem, Didi, is kids don't want to work. No, they don't. (laughs) Especially these days. I mean, I know it sounds cliche to be like, oh, kids these days. But really, (laughs) it it has changed since you and I were kids. Um, And... 
it's hard to get your kids to do chores. In fact, a study from 2013 showed that 39% of graduates said that they did not want to work hard. These are graduates. Hmm. Yet 62% said it was very important to have a lot of money. Well, wake up call. (laughs) How's that going to work? Well, uh, Jean Twenge, a psychologist at San Diego State and author of this study, said, compared to previous generations, recent high school graduates are more likely to want lots of money and nice things, but less likely to say they're willing to work hard to earn them. And that type of fantasy gap is consistent with other studies showing a generational increase in narcissism and entitlement. Ooh, that's that's a huge statement right there. But, you know, our kids see all these reality stars or just overnight successes or people making millions of dollars on YouTube. Yeah. And so they get, I think, a false idea of reality. Oh, I so agree. Um, And, you know, we hear a lot. Oh, this generation's so entitled and all this stuff. But here you go. These are actual studies Mm -hmm. that prove it. So that blew my mind because I'm like, okay, so it's not a a perception anymore. It's not just like us being, you know, the old timers that... We just got so old. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has become a cultural problem because the message that our society continues to give our kids is that their image and their popularity are of utmost importance. Yeah. And so there's no value in work-related tasks anymore. Um, But, you know, again, quoting from the book, um, she writes, research shows that the benefits of work develop an awareness of and interest in others, an appreciation for what and who we have, self-efficacy, and a sense of accomplishment. Hmm. That's really good. good. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, parents recognize that narcissism is an area of concern as over 60% of them say they are worried about their children's sense of entitlement. This is true. Research suggests that the rate of narcissism in children and young adults has increased by 30% in a recent 15-year period. That's a lot. Oh, my gosh. Before, it used to be like narcissistic tendencies or narcissism disorder or whatever you want to call it. But now, man, that's rough. That's a wake-up call. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I understand why so many parents are worried about their kids' entitlement because, I mean, my kids don't, they have not wanted, you know, for a meal or, or really anything. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, man, you don't know what it was like growing up poor. Oh, man. Or just even normal because they don't know what it is to live in an analog world, which right. I don't know, it makes a big difference. I, I don't know. Um, I always told myself I would never be, you know, the type of parent that would say, back in my day, you know, but I, here I am talking about it all the time. Well, I literally did that the other day. I was like, you know, back in my day, I had to walk all the way over to the TV right, <laughs> and turn a knob. Yeah. No, I agree. And, you know, even I think with us, being so present in our children's lives and and implementing chores and, you know, have a daughter who works, I still fight entitlement in their character. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I see it still. So it's just, uh, it's, it's rough. It's rough, guys. 
Okay, but let's get into chores now. So Dr. Marty Rossman analyzed longitudinal childhood data and found that childhood chores started at age three surprisingly predict several positive young adulthood outcomes, including positive relationships with family and friends, early career success, and a sense of self-sufficiency. And yet these relationships were not found for children who started chores later in life, like in their teens. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. that You need to have your three-year-old clean, like now. Right. Well, <laughs> it's never too late. We always say. Right. You know, it's never too late. But that is kind of, kind of bad news right there, Jimena. I know. I know. But there are a lot of people listening to us that have toddlers. Yes. And I still think that... Kids' brains are still moldable and malleable, so I think that is the great news, is that even if you have teens right now and you haven't implemented chores, you know, just start. I think it's still going to be positive if you do it. Yeah, I agree. It's never hopeless. Dr. Megan Owens also shares additional benefits to implementing chores at home. Number one, chores help develop a sense of self-control in our children. Work often requires delayed gratification since they have to put their own desires aside to get their chores done. With increasing technology always distracting us, kids have less opportunities to practice delayed gratification. That's true because they can just Google everything all the time. Right. And they get texts immediately or FaceTime you. Well, it's totally the microwave generation, right? Yeah. Why sit around and wait for food to heat up? When you could just nuke it. Well, I mean, just think about the times that we have slow Wi-Fi. Ugh. You know, and the kids are like, oh, my gosh, this is so laggy. I mean, and I I fall for that, too. You know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so slow. Or um, what about just, like, not knowing stuff? Like, we're, you know, we're talking about an actor. Or what's his name? Or what movie did he come out in? Immediately Google. Oh, yeah. Immediately we have to know who it is. Immediately we need to know about the Marvel theories. You know, it's like, it's just constant... Constant. Yeah, my son is, a new trailer came out. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We got to watch it right this instant. (laughs) Yeah. So again, this is a good way to get them to practice delayed gratification, which leads to a sense of self-control. Well, number two, chores foster gratitude. You know, when children work or they volunteer, they feel grateful for the money they make. But they also start feeling grateful for the money that their parents make, Mm -hmm. you know, because they start realizing, oh, my parents work hard and it doesn't grow on trees. Yes. Well, my husband, he started working with his dad. So his dad had a full time job and then he came home and did his own landscaping business on the side. Wow. And he would pick up his three sons. And take them on the job. So my husband started working with him at five years old. He would pick up trash. And then he got paid 50 cents. Nice. And he said he began as he grew to see, wow, how much groceries cost. Wow, how much this cost. And really valued money because of what his dad taught him. That's priceless. And in turn, I'm sure he didn't only value money, but he valued his dad's hard work. Yeah. Right? So they become more appreciative of what we have to do on the daily. You know, like all the tasks that I have to get done as a mom, all the tasks that their dad has to get done as, you know, the breadwinner of the family. So it's just 
I think that it opens a whole new world for them rather than being in a bubble, getting everything. Well, yeah. And the whole entitlement thing, right? Uh, no, you're not guaranteed that your parents are going to pay for this trip or yeah. this new whatever. And you can see, wow, dad spends a lot of money, yeah. you know, taking care of us or look at that car repair he just had to do. You know, maybe I'll think twice about asking for this new game. I always talk about uh, that that um, college class that my daughter took last year um, about like budgeting, mm-hmm. and it, they use like real life examples in California, and we know the cost of living in California ain't cheap. So um, she, her eyes were really open. She was like, "Mom, is this how much we pay for mm-hmm. cost of living?" Uh, yes. Oh, mom, I totally understand now. Because she used to get mad when I'd be like, no, we don't have the budget for that right now. Mm -hmm. And she would get angry. Like it was, you know, like she deserved it. And I was Mm -hmm. like, no, we have the money. We just can't spend it on that. Yeah. Because we got to buy food and we have a house and you have internet and we have clothes and, you know, all the other things that we have versus what you don't need and want and don't have like that, you know. So just kind of changing that perspective can go a long way. And now that she works, she totally values it differently too. Yeah. Well, it's really important to be grateful. Number three, work develops empathy. Chores create an awareness of what is needed, not only what they need, but what the rest of the family needs. Yeah, this is this is really important because... Uh, we can't just live so selfishly. Mm-hmm. You know, getting stuff done for yourself. Like when your daughter cooks for everybody, mm-hmm. I'm sure she appreciates like, okay, the kids, you know, I know that my brothers need a certain amount of food. Mm-hmm. You know, so all, it just be, it creates this awareness of everybody needs clean clothes. Everybody needs food. Everybody needs a clean space. And we can all work as a team. Yeah. Versus just, you know, going into your room and shutting the door and forgetting about the world. Uh, My kids share a bathroom. So you are all benefiting when you keep the space nice, you know, and thinking about the next person before you just throw your towel on the floor or, you know, make a big mess and leave it for them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, well, we also want to add to these benefits. And I would say number four, it helps your children with life skills. Because we're talking about all the developmental things, right? Which are super important. But also how about just them knowing how to boil an egg Mm -hmm. or or sewing a button, you know, or just knowing how to clean stuff. Like my daughter now at work, she has to clean the bathroom and stuff. I'm not sure that she would have known how to do that if I hadn't had her clean the bathroom, you know, for years before. So it just prepares them for life too. Yeah, I think some things we've been doing so long, we think, oh, this is just common sense. But no, we need to be taught how to clean properly, how to organize things Mm -hmm. properly, and uh, obviously how to cook things properly. Yeah. Well, and I feel like, again, in our generation, (laughs) I feel like like we figured stuff out because we were kind of thrown into a lot of situations. Yeah. And I feel like our kids' generation, they're kind of in a bubble. So I feel like we do have to go out of our way to teach them things that we think are just common sense, like you were saying. But no, like we have to actually remind them that there is, you know, there are things that they don't know that they need to know. And another benefit, number five, it helps you. (laughs) Hey, everybody should contribute to the house. It shouldn't all be on 
our the parents' shoulders to take care of everything. I so agree with this. And you know, at the beginning when we were teaching our kids how to do things, it was more work, like you know, we were talking about. But I just kept thinking of the future. Like, mm-hmm. This just means independence for me later. Independ- yeah. And you know what? It's so true because sometimes like when I have parties or I'm hosting an event, oh my goodness, my kids help me so much. I mean, immediately they just get, we all get to work and clean the table, please, for me. And can you go make sure you light the candle in the bathroom and do this? And it just, I, I wouldn't be able to do it by myself. No, it's so important. And you now, you know it's going to get done the way you would have done it. Right. Right? When they're little, well, you might have to go Redo back it. and do a little <laughs> bit, you know, to help it out. But that that work pays off. Yeah. So as you can see, there are so many benefits to implementing chores. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to get into some practical tips about how to implement chore systems in your home. Stay tuned. Bookshark was the best thing I've done for myself and my kids. That's what Dana said. And Tracy says, I definitely regret not starting Bookshark sooner. It has been such a great fit for our family. I couldn't agree more, Jimena. I have loved Bookshark so much. Me too. So friends, if you're wondering how you can jump on this Bookshark bandwagon, well, you can start by heading to bookshark.com. On the Bookshark website, you can request a free print catalog. So fun to browse a real magazine. Yes. Download samples and see scope and sequence charts of what's taught at each level. There's also a blog at bookshark.com blog with hundreds of articles written by dozens of authors. The Bookshark site just has so much free information about how to teach your kids at home, whether you use Bookshark or not. Well, here's another example. You can get free unit studies and try out the Bookshark way of literature-based learning at bookshark.com slash freebies. And Dee Dee, you know how much I love unit studies. Me too. The new unit study for 2021 is about volcanoes. Yay! Well, let me share just two more quotes. Jill says, we switched to Bookshark Language Arts this year. This has been the best decision ever. We love how everything ties together. I can't tell you how grateful I am for Bookshark. We are looking forward to adding more subjects next year. And Catherine says, pulling my kids out of public school and getting Bookshark's full program saved our sanity. It was the best parenting decision we have made. We are so much happier now versus the kids staring lifelessly at screens all day. The open and go component and high quality literature for science, history, and language arts is amazing. Yes, and we've seen this ourselves with families that we recommended Bookshark to. Their kids were having such a hard time with distance learning and they made the switch. And they love it. So if you want to see if Bookshark is the best fit for your family, like it has been for these moms, then visit bookshark.com to get that free catalog and then add slash freebies to get free unit studies. Welcome back. Today we're talking about all things chores. And we've discussed so many benefits to implementing chores already. And now we're going to talk about how to do this with some practical tips and our own experience. But first, we're going to get into our reflection of the week. And Dee Dee has something to share with us. I'm reading this really inspiring book called Celebration of Disciplines by Richard Foster. And listen to this quote. 
this chapter is all about celebrations. It says celebration brings joy into your life and joy makes us strong. I love that. Isn't that beautiful? Mm, So many times we can dismiss celebrations as something not needed. Yeah. Well, you know, it's so easy to think, oh, well, you don't got to celebrate every little thing, you know, like they get a little certificate for being part of the spelling bee (laughs) or, uh, you know, they got third place, you know, but making a little bit of celebrate. And I love that he even says, you know, just clapping Mm. is a form of celebrating, you know, so just really making the little moments special. And so I was thinking a lot about that because I want, I want to foster joy. Mm. And I love that he says, joy makes you strong. Yeah. And that's something we need in our world today. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. So let's celebrate you, our listener. Thanks for tuning in with us today. Yes. (laughs) And let's celebrate our kids as they do their chores. Yes. (laughs) Well, if you have a reflection that you want to share with us, go to bookshark.com slash podcast, and we'd love to hear it and feature it here on one of our episodes. Okay, well, let's get into our practical tips. Number one. Make sure the chores are developmentally appropriate. We have a graphic here from thehappyhousewife.com, and she lists some age-appropriate chores, and I just love some of her ideas here. Yeah. Um, For toddlers, two- to three-year-olds, she actually has unload the dishwasher, and then in in, um, parentheses, silverware, plastic cups. But I love that because little by little, they can do the dishes, Right. right, as they are able. So it starts off with just the silverware and then they could progress to more things, glass things, yeah. and then they can progress to putting the stuff in the dishwasher, yeah. right? So it's it's really a good idea to well, start. And I think the important thing here is to recognize that when they're toddlers, they're not really helping you. You're just teaching them how to help. Well, that is good because if you anticipate that they're going to do it perfectly, you're going to get frustrated (laughs) and suck all the joy out of the experience for them. Well, and here's another thing. Toddlers want to help you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They're not going to want to help you later, but at two and three years old, they're dying to be useful. Yeah, but they're not going to want to keep helping you if you reprimand them too harshly when they mess up. Totally. Well, um, for ages four and five, she suggests setting the table or clearing the table, which Mm -hmm. I think so. Even toddlers, I remember I used to have my toddlers spray and Mm -hmm. wipe. Again, they did a horrible job, but it was fun for them to spray and wipe. And yeah. then I would go back after and, you know, redo it. But they felt like it was fun and they would help like they were helping. Yeah. Um, also, matching socks, right? Yeah, there you go. So they're getting involved in the laundry cycle. They're not ready yet to do a whole load by themselves, but they can help. They could do that. Well, I remember having my two and three-year-old help me like while I was in the laundry room, I'd grab the clothes from the washer and I'd hand it to them mm-hmm. to throw in the dryer. Yes. You know, yes. and they felt like they were being useful, which I just thought was super cute. Um, also watering indoor plants. They can do that too when they're four to five years old. And then early elementary age, right? Ages six to eight, 
they're getting a little bit more uh, useful around, and they can actually help with meal preps. Mm-hmm. It was my daughter was actually five, I think. From the time she was three, four, she's always in the kitchen, right? You know, you try to let her help, but sometimes I'm just like, "Can you just go? <laughs> Mommy's got to get this meal made, or I just need to get this done really quick." Yeah, you know, and. They're just making more of a mess than they are helping. But now look at her. Well, I know. Well, she was five years old. We're making brownies. Jimena, I almost forgot the eggs. (laughs) And she It would have ruined it. And she said, Mom, you forgot the eggs. And I said, I will never kick you out of the kitchen again. You have saved dessert. And I didn't. I vowed to her that day that I would not kick her out of the kitchen anymore. And yeah, look at her now. She's 12 years old. She loves cooking. And she can cook a whole meal for the fam. I mean, I have no worries. Like, would you please just take over dinner or cook something? I'm busy and she'll do it. And it's always great. She's amazing. I still remember when we were in our uh, D.C. trip how... Um, you and I were supposed to cook dinner and something happened when you got held back and you didn't get there for, I got, for some reason I got to the house first mm-hmm. and I had the girls with me and I was like, all right, well help me get dinner. And I just started assigning and your daughter was one of the stars there because I mean, she just was helping me with the ground beef and, but I was so overwhelmed at all the girls of how they stepped in and did such an amazing job That's and they so helped cool. me get dinner on the table for 20 people. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it's really Really amazing to see that. Well, um, now we're talking about ages 9 through 10, and now they can start doing laundry, right? They can start washing their clothes, and they can start cleaning some toilets, making some simple meals like a sandwich Mm -hmm. or maybe even a scrambled egg. Oatmeal. Oatmeal, yeah, Um, and mopping the floors. Now, of course, all of these are examples that we're giving you, but and this is just one website. Even WebMD has example. So definitely Google that and look at the entire list because we're just giving you little nuggets here and there. Well, and I think sometimes we don't think our kids can do stuff that they totally can do. I had a friend with four kids and her kids were a little younger than mine and they were doing their laundry by themselves. And I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) my kids should be doing their laundry by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like even reading these, I was like, a few years behind with my kids, like, Mm -hmm. you know, what I expected from them. But if I had maybe tried it, maybe they could have done it without any problem. But I just, in my head, it was like, oh, they're not ready for that yet. Or they wouldn't have been ready and you would have had to teach them and they would have made a mess of it, (laughs) but they would have learned quicker. Yes. And they would have grown. And then for middle school age, 12 to 14, they could do everything. (laughs) (laughs) Although... Not so well, mind you, because, oh, my goodness, I still have to supervise the toilet cleaning Well, like three times. Well, that's a good reminder that it's still a process even when they're 12. So uh, by then, hopefully, they've got the dusting down. But, yeah, maybe making a full meal is still a challenge. Maybe you can't totally trust them to clean out the fridge or freezer by themselves, you know, because my kids would not wipe down as nicely right. as I would. They overlook a lot of those um, spills right. and, and the little corners. Messes. Yeah. But see, you can, you can, what I have found is that I let them do it and then I'll be like, hey, come here, look at this. Do you see this right there? That is urine on the toilet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it needs to be cleaned. 
oh, I didn't see it. You know, so just kind of pointing it out, I think really helps too. Oh, and yard work, right? That's something that incrementally they can do more and more. So by 12 and 14, they can mow the yard by themselves. Mm -hmm. And my sons actually work for a neighbor sometimes and pull weeds for her, move rocks around in her yard. And she usually has her gardener supervise them. Oh, nice. And she pays them $10 an hour. Oof, that's good. Yeah, and of course, older than 14, I mean, they can get a job. Like my daughter working at 16. Right? Which I did not think was going to happen, but I can't tell you how happy I am that it happened because it's, she's just grown so much. She has her own money. She buys her own shampoo, her own shoes, and it's amazing. Well, Jimena is pretty amazing with all the chore systems and chore charts that she's done over the years. So you're reaping the benefits of all that hard work. Oh, man, I'm grateful. I am grateful. Well, tip number two, be specific and clear with your instructions. So I remember reading a long time ago that checklists were really important for younger kids Mm -hmm. because they want to know what it entails to clean, let's say, a bathroom counter. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, take out the spray use a clean rag, you know, all that kind of stuff um, helps them. So I remember making these elaborate checklists laminated Mm -hmm. with magnets and they were bound with a lot of money. I spent a lot of money at Kinko's. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I remember doing that one summer and putting it on the fridge and they would just take their little charts and do it every day. And it really did help um, lay down the foundation to something that we still use today. Now today they don't need the checklist anymore, although... I would argue that they do, but they wouldn't use them, you know, Mm because they're older and they think, I got this, mom. But um, being specific with your expectations is important. Even today, even if I have to repeat myself 13 million times, um, I still do it kindly. But, you know, I do remind them this is what I expect and this is what needs to be done. I was at a friend's house the other day who has two toddlers and in the bathroom, there's instructions on using the potty. And it's like these little pictures with like all the steps. But yeah, having something like that for all the little things that we do, because it seems obvious to a grown up that you should, you know, flush and wash your hands and pull up your pants. It may not be so obvious to a toddler. I had that for my kids. Now that you said that, it just reminded me. I had to flush and wash your hands and all mm-hmm. that because, you know, you walk in and you're like, whoa, <laughs> you didn't flush. Oh, man. Tip number three, be flexible and realistic with outcomes. They will not do these perfectly, but if you're consistent in teaching them and modeling excellence, they will eventually. Yeah, that's so good. It's important to be realistic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even like I said, at 13 and 16, where I'm like, oh, wow, that you did not clean that mirror or whatever, you know, but yeah, but pointing it back and showing them how it's done. It's just repetition. Yeah. And well, patience. one thing that I'm going over again with my teens is folding clothes and putting them away because mm-hmm. the drawers constantly get messed up. And oh, I'm yeah. like, this is why you can't find things. This is why... Uh, everything's wrinkled. This is why your drawer won't close. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Well, I remember um, I saw somebody on Instagram that showed how she has her kids fold their clothes. And it's not really folding because I think she realized they're not folding it. Right. Not doing it the way I've taught them. And I used to teach them, 
you know, the Martha Stewart way and all this stuff, forget it. They just, they do it for a little bit and then they don't do it. And then I just find everything jumbled up. Mm -hmm. But if you just do a really simple method, like, like fold over and roll, Mm -hmm. they're more likely to do that. So I was like, maybe I should switch my strategy. Yeah. And it has worked a little bit more, although not perfectly, but you know, being flexible and being willing to switch to for their, uh, you know, needs is important. Yeah. I have been way more relaxed in my folding technique than I used to, you know, for a little bit, I was on the whole Marie Kondo, you know, (laughs) you know, all the pieces have to stand up by themselves and all that. Totally unrealistic, guys. (laughs) Not going to be sustainable. Oh, man. Well, tip number four, build chores into part of your routine. If you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard how much we talk about the habit loop and brain science and how you can kind of build brain science into everything that you do. And so uh, we want to invite you guys to look up the habit loop because um, if you implement that into your routine where they there's like a trigger, there's a cue, like in our case, that would be the music, right? And then they do their chores, which is the action, and then they get a reward, like a hot drink or some breakfast. That's something that I'm going to implement soon because they mm-hmm. kind of have been falling off the wagon lately. So I'm like, okay, what can, I need to implement some sort of reward at the end of the playlist. Um, another thing that you know we recommend, obviously, are chore charts that work for you if they work for you. Um, we had a friend that uses Alexa for the chores. Right. Yeah. Google recently did something. So I have that set up for them. My son hated it. He's like, I don't want a robot telling me what to do. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> but my daughter liked it. So, yeah. you know, you just got to kind of go with the flow. But we wanted to share our, you know, it's it helps us and it helps our own mind to remember in order to be consistent um, to come up with day names, you know, or chore names. Mm -hmm. So in my case, we did alliteration, just like we do alliteration for our meal planning. We do alliteration for our chores. And we've been doing this for years and it hasn't changed. So we had what we called Mopping Monday. We have Tidy Tuesday, which we used to vacuum, which now the robot does, and dust. Mm -hmm. So now they all they have to do is dust. Wow. Wednesday, washing Wednesday. So that's when they do their laundry. I do my laundry on another day. And that's just their washing day. Thriving Thursday, which is where they replenish the toilet paper and uh, water their plants. And then Freedom Friday, which sometimes we organize something or, you know, do like a special project. Freedom Fridays don't, you know, doesn't get done every week, if I'm being honest. Um, But for so many years, that system worked. And of course, we have a morning routine on top of that where they do, you know, just the regular daily things. Make their bed, clean their room, clean the bathroom under the dishwasher that's just what they do every single day yeah so again work it into your routine make it something that's sustainable and the little alliteration things help i know you have like janitor day yeah well janitor day used to be um on tuesdays but i've named it janitor day because it wouldn't always happen right on the same day of the week because your schedules just don't go and you know i've had so many different chore rotations yeah uh the one we've been doing for over a year now is each person has a kitchen chore assigned to them for the entire month so it's been kind of fun because at the end of the month we'll grade everybody and like who wins who was the most consistent and some of the chores um you get away with a little easier like dishwasher and putting water in the berkey like 
they cannot get away with not doing their chore, right? Because the whole right. family feels it when you don't do that chore. So I like that everybody gets to experience that yeah. as it rotates through. That's cool. That's important. Again, that does the empathy thing that mm-hmm. we talked about in the first segment. Yeah. So, you know, use whatever works for you. The point is that it should be sustainable. It should be something that you can do every day and that it helps you be consistent. So whatever it is, find that for yourself. Number five, use reward systems that work and be consistent. That's really the the most important thing. But uh, when they're little, the reward systems are easier. When they're big, they want money. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, you know, I used to have this really complicated reward system, and yeah, with the fake money, the fake money, and then they got to buy things, and it worked a little bit, but you know, no, and then marbles, and Mm -hmm. I just, I kind of gave up. So make sure you do something that you can keep. (laughs) Right now, I'm not giving them money, but I'm gonna do the breakfast thing, Mm -hmm. where because I don't really make my kids breakfast anymore, guys. They're old, and so I just make them do their own breakfast. But now I'm like, okay. I'll make you a nice breakfast and a nice hot drink if you finish all your chores by the time the playlist is over. How about that? So we'll see how that works out. I think that's pretty good motivation. Yeah. Well, especially as hungry teens. Yeah. But here's the deal. Just be willing to change because every new stage brings change. And so, you know, everything is going to change depending on your schedule, depending on their developmental stage, depending on your situation. So be flexible. And number six, Model the importance of diligence, excellence, and a good attitude during work. This Mm -hmm. is so important. It is. And, I mean, it starts with our attitude, right? And we can, like I said earlier, really tear down the atmosphere if we're being too harsh about everything and perfectionist about everything instead of making it light and fun. Yeah. And I've fallen into that trap many times, so... Um, you know, be kind to yourself. Every day is a new day and you can always continue to model positive attitudes for your kids. So, um, you know, avoid complaining about doing chores and work mm-hmm. so that they don't see it as something negative. Well, and like you said, even with teens, you might have to go back and say, you know, hey, this this area here is, did you see this? You know, but be able to say, Oh, did you miss this or did you see this? Versus you missed that. Right. You didn't do a good job. Right. Yeah. Because then it does exactly opposite of what you want to do. Oh man. Well, I hope we didn't overwhelm you because that was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but we really hope that you feel empowered and inspired and that these benefits, especially after reading the benefits. Right. I mean, that inspired me to keep going. Um, And, you know, we really hope that you implement some of these chore systems with your kids. Yeah. No matter what age your kids are, they're going to reap the benefits forever. Thanks for listening, friends. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Homeschool Your Way, a podcast by Bookshark. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening now so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you have questions you'd like the hosts to answer or have any feedback about the podcast, please visit bookshark.com podcast to leave your comments. Or you can simply email podcast at bookshark.com.